I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Over the weekend, a mass shooting took place at a supermarket in Buffalo, New York. Authorities have identified the alleged Buffalo supermarket shooter, Peyton Gendron, was charged with first-degree murder on Saturday night. This comes after 13 people were shot, 10 of which were killed Saturday afternoon at a top supermarket. Gendron, who was 18, pleaded not guilty. He also told the judge he cannot afford his own attorney and that he understands his charges. Authorities believe the shooting may have been racially motivated. To discuss this further, we have today's guest, Black Information News Network anchor and Buffalo resident, Esther Dillard. This is Our Daily Story, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So, uh, welcome to the show again, uh, Esther. How are you doing? Well, I am not. A, I am a native of Buffalo, but I'm not currently living there. So. Okay, okay, okay. Got you, got you. Well, you definitely know the lay of the land there. And oh, yeah. uh, obviously, there's a, a tragedy that has taken place, so I wish we were... Um, having uh, our conversation under better circumstances, but, you know, we appreciate you taking the time to help us peel back the layers here. As, as someone with, we'll say, roots to Buffalo, how would you describe the mood of the city right now? Are the residents like afraid, confused, shocked? I would say that people are probably a combination of things. They're, they're afraid, they're confused, they're angry. Um, especially given the information about the alleged manifesto. Um, Reverend Darius Pridgen, who is the uh, Common Council president and also uh, a minister there in Buffalo, which I have a lot of respect for, he said in his pulpit on Sunday that um, a reporter asked if he felt for the shooter that was only 18 that his brain isn't fully developed. And he said, I felt like um, the shooter had enough of a developed brain to drive about three and a half hours to Conklin, New York, near Binghamton to get to east side of Buffalo. He had enough brain to allegedly write a, again, allegedly an 180 page manifesto detailing which place he was going to target and allegedly carry out the crime. So I think that people are shocked. They're angry. They are 
angry that their neighborhood was targeted. And some people are upset that others who have looked at this from the outside looking in say, well, folks were in the wrong place at the wrong time. No, they were just doing their shopping just like anybody else would do, regardless of their ethnicity. Shopping while Black is not wrong and should not put a person in danger of being shot. Um, and I appreciate you uh, focusing on the human component here. Um, a lot of times when these things happen, the shooters, there's there tends to be this sensationalization around the shooters or the victims, um, not so much about the people and, and what's left in the wake of these sort of traumatic incidents. So let's let's lean into that a bit more if we may. Um, how do you believe the shooting will impact the lives of Black people? And do you think the Black residents of Buffalo will maybe start making changes to their everyday lives based on the fact that this is being recognized as a hate crime? Well, I know that likely that there's going to be security changes at that store, mm -hmm. um, camera surveillance, and perhaps maybe more security people there. I'm sure that many people might shy away from that market at first because of the memories of that day. It's yeah. not every day you see someone laying, two or three people laying dead outside of your supermarket. Um, but overall, I think that Buffalonians are a really tough group. We're resilient. Um, they're going to continue to support each other, love on one another. And I think that everybody's still going to move forward. I think that there's going to be an outcry for changes as far as gun legislation and how things are done in terms of um, people who may be considered having um, a mental, uh, have mental issues because um, there are there's word that that was something that had to do with um, this individual who shot up the store. Yeah. I, I remember that, you know, we talked about the, the show producer, Chris and I, we talked about the fact that this shooter, uh, this alleged shooter, I should say, had gotten in trouble about a year prior. Um, he got pulled aside or somehow uh, there was an issue addressed because he wanted to, I think, target his school once upon a time. Well, and the the word is is that there was like an assignment um at his school and um that it was asked what do you want to do after you get after you graduate and then according to police he jokingly i guess said that um he wanted to commit a murder suicide in response okay. so according this is according to the new york times um, okay. um police said that he claimed to be joking but the state police were summoned to investigate this because of that they took mr gendron Gendron, um, 17 at the time, into custody under a mental, a state mental health law. And uh, the New York Times says that he had a psychiatric evaluation in a hospital, but was later released a couple days later. Um, and two weeks later, Mr. Gendron graduated and fell off the, the investigator's um, radar. So a lot of people are really calling on gun reform laws that would limit people to be able to buy high-powered weapons and magazines like the shooter used. Um, one law I read about in the New York Times was about um, something called the red flag law. And under that law, people um, found to be, uh, have, be a danger to the public um, because of mental capacity can be forced to surrender their guns. But nobody um, apparently tried to invoke that against Mr. Gendron. Okay. So talk us through the shooting. Uh, I know this might be a little traumatic, but, you know, we we need to understand how this unfolded. So, so talk us through what happened. Well, when it's this time of year and it's like a warm mid 70 degree day um, mm -hmm. in Buffalo, 
sun's out and shining, it is, it's kind of popping in Buffalo. It's fantastic because people are out short sleeve shirts and shorts and folks getting ready to grill. It's a Saturday, you know, at work and reports are that that store was really busy. Um, So police say that a man named Peyton Gendron um, drove his car onto the lot of Tops Friendly Markets on Jefferson Avenue. Um, This market is the only real full service market in that on the east side of Buffalo. Um, He gets out of his car dressed in full army tactical gear, a helmet, high powered Bushmaster semi-automatic rifle and a camera strapped to his to the front of him. He was live streaming his actions on social media um, on the platform Twitch. He starts to shoot people in the parking lot and he kills um, a couple of people outside. He goes into the front of the building. He engages with African-American Aaron Salter, a retired Buffalo police officer. Um, police say Salter shot the suspect because he had a bullet, uh, but because he had a bulletproof vest on, um, he wasn't hurt. And then the shooter turned and killed Salter. And I found out later from a family friend of ours on Facebook that Salter actually went to my elementary school. He was a few years older than me, so I didn't really know him well, but my family friend was very good childhood friends with him for, for years and was really shocked by him being one of the heroes that tried to save all the people's lives that day. He goes in to shoot eight more people or nine more people inside, and he tills, kills a total of 10 people, injures three. Most of those who were killed were black, and most of them were shoppers. Three of the employees, including the retired police officer, were well, Three of them were employees, including the um, retired police officer. It's just sad, the whole situation, but that's basically what happened. Okay. How do we know that it was racially motivated besides the, num- the numbers of, of Well, police people? say that the um, police and the FBI said during a news conference right after that, that day, that they had evidence that this was racially motivated. Everyone kept pushing them on it, but they wouldn't say what it is. Mm-hmm. But there was circulating on social media and on Google that um, there was a manifesto, a 180-page document. Um, folks were calling this shooter's manifesto, but it hadn't been confirmed that it was the shooter that wrote it. But on the document, the document says, my name is Peyton Gendron. Um, Because I read it through, I found it. Essentially, it's very anti-immigrant, very anti-black, very anti-Jewish document. It talks about something called the Great Replacement Theory, which is that white people are being slowly replaced by immigrants um, and outsiders. He believed that white people needed to fight against this takeover by non-whites of this country. And he went into long detail on why he carried out the shooting. Um, Apparently, he posted this two days before the shooting happened. Um, And again, we don't know, we haven't confirmed that he essentially wrote this, but again, the person who wrote the document that said, my name is Gendron, Peyton Gendron, I'm taking it as that. Um, The paper is written in a question answer kind of format, and I'll read a little bit of it to you. It says, um, why did you carry out the attack? To show that the replacers Show the replacers, as long as the white man lives, our land will never be theirs and they will never be safe from us. Why did you target these people? They are obviously obvious, visible, and a large group of replacers. 
from a culture with the higher fertility rates and strong, robust traditions that seek to occupy my people's lands and ethnically replace my own people. It would have eased me if I knew that all Blacks, all the Blacks I would be killing were criminals or future criminals, but then I realized all Black people are replacers just by existing in white countries. Some of the other um, questions include, are, are you a white supremacist? He writes, yes, I would call myself a white supremacist. After all, which race responsible for the world we live in today? I believe that the white race is superior in the brain to all other races. Are you racist? He writes, yes. Are you an anti-Semite? He says, yes, I wish all Jews to hell. Go back to hell where you came from. And he uses a name, which I'm not going to repeat. Um, so, yes, all those things are probably the main reason in which the FBI and the police are saying this is racially motivated. You know, I saw a video where he was walking through the um, supermarket. There's a piece of the live stream. And I normally don't go out of my way to watch things that show trauma. It's just a lot for me. But this came up and, and, you know, it said that, the, you know, it was okay to watch this. And there was, it was this alleged shooter he was holding a, a, his, his assault rifle. And at the end of the barrel, I believe it had the N-word written mm -hmm. in silver letters. And uh, he goes around a checkout counter, points the weapon at a man laying on the floor. And the man is screaming like, no, no, you know, don't shoot me. My belief is that the uh, alleged shooter realized that that was a white man. He says out loud, oh, I'm sorry, points the weapon away from the man and then goes back uh, in a different direction in the store. And so, you know, to me, those things felt particularly hurtful. Um, obviously, a mass shooting is something that is heartbreaking, regardless of the community that it affects because there's just a loss of human life. I believe anyone with a beating heart and a degree of empathy will be able to empathize or in right. fact sympathize, unfortunately, with anyone who has to endure that with the Pulse nightclub shooting, for instance, you know, right. a lot of uh, our, our brothers and sisters that subscribe to our, our non-binary LGBTQIA plus brothers and sisters, that community was, was very hurt and very much impacted by that. And, um, so it's just, it's, it's really painful to see um, and to hear you read uh, some of what his thoughts were um, and to see that video, of course. But I think that that leads us to, you know, sort of our place in society, right? And so I think my next question is one that a lot of folks have been asking themselves. Certainly I have. How were the police able to take this shooter alive? In, in our news cycles here, we deal with a lot of police shootings and, and unfortunately we deal with a lot of police shooting black men, whether or not they're unarmed, you know, it's not illegal to have a gun in this country, but for the most part, they're unarmed black men. This is a common story around here. And, you know, they end up dead. We see the videos, so forth and so on. How were the police able to take in this shooter alive? You know, that's a really good question. Um, I know what the technical answer is and what they told uh, the reporters is that um, that police responded within a minute of the call and he, um, they stopped him. Um, he put the gun up to his neck when he was cornered, and then he was talked into putting the gun down and surrendered. But you often, you know, kind of question your mind, given all the different shootings of 
African-American men by police and women by police. You wonder if that would have been the same scenario had that been a black gunman. You just wonder if they would have given that time to let that person surrender. So it's just questionable. I, 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 like I said, I know that that's the technical answer. I don't know why that would be different. I don't know. Sure. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. We're here with BIN News anchor Esther Diller discussing the mass shooting in Buffalo, New York. So what's next for the alleged shooter? Well, he was arraigned on the day of the shooting. Um, He was charged with murder in the first degree. Um, The DA and legal authorities have about five days to bring him back to court 
to make sure that the charges stick and he, he stays in jail. Um, his next court date, I believe, is May 19th. May 19th, excuse me. Now, is there anything that we can do to support the families of the victims? Well, many are asking online. Um, on my social media, I looked, um, seen a lot of people posting from the area asking for prayers of support. Others are physically taking action. This grocery store is, like I said, the only large full-service grocery store on the east side in that area, and it's shut down. And if you're one who doesn't have a car, you use you know, public transportation or you walk there. So Tops is now providing a free bus shuttle um, that started the day after the shooting from Jefferson Avenue and Riley to a nearby Tops on Elmwood Avenue uh, for folks in the neighborhood, which is quite a bit of ways away. Um, organizations online are organizing food giveaways um, efforts, and I know of one called Resource Council of Western New York that's doing something. And I also heard that there are efforts now like to fundraise for those who lost loved ones to get money needed to bury their loved ones. Um, mm-hmm. the average no-frills cost funeral to bury someone with a casket is about $10,000. I mean, so Reverend Pridgen said on Sunday in his sermon, um, right after the sermon, that one of the biggest Black funeral home directors pledged Sunday to cover funeral costs for any family who can't afford it. But, you know, it's really up to the family if they pick that Black funeral home, you know, to take care of their loved one. Sure. Well, um, we're going to obviously continue to follow this story as it continues to develop. Um, I know that you will as well. Uh, for those who may want to, uh, do you want to leave, you know, any social media, any website, anything like that um, so folks can keep up with you? Well, you can keep up with us, um, of course, me on uh, BINnews.com, or you can follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn at Esther Dillard or on Twitter at Esther Dillard TV. Sure, sure. And again, thank you very much for your insight today. Once again, our guest is BIN News anchor Esther Dillard. And before we go, I'll leave you with a Twitter post from President Biden. Our hearts are heavy once again, but our resolve must not waver. We must work together to address the hate that remains a stain on the soul of this nation. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. 
hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday already a know. podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.